Hey everyone, it's Libby. I am just here to ask you guys if you have been listening to this podcast and enjoying it, please go on to your iTunes and rate and review us. We would really appreciate that. We have been overwhelmed by people reaching out to us, telling us how much they love the podcast. And if you love it, that is where we want to hear from you. So please go on to iTunes, leave us a rating and a review. You should be able to do it right there from your phone where you're listening very quickly. We appreciate it so much. Thank you. Do you like my new shirt? Thick thighs save black. <laughs> Where'd you get that? Oh, my girlfriend gave me a bag of hand-me-downs, and she'd worn this shirt before, and I wanted it, so now I got it. Thick thighs save lives. Okay. We were going to talk about human sexuality. That's kind of what we talked about at the end of the last one, and I actually was, like, getting nervous. Oh, this is going to be... We'll see. I don't know. I don't know what to expect, and we're actually going to be speaking on something different today. So today we're going to continue in love. Oh, I should spit out my gum because okay. people will just hear me chewing. Uh, at the end of the second love episode, we brought up gratitude a little bit and you had a lot more to say. Uh, I just wanted to mention this. I listened to a little bit of one of the po- podcasts. podcasts it's called. And uh, I, the reason I don't listen to them because after I listen, I see I left so much stuff out that I could go on and yeah. on. So, all right. So gratitude. gratitude. What do you want to say about it? Well, uh, I want to I want to talk about a couple of things and and what that does. Uh, but what I'm going to do is I'm going to I'm going to have you do a little exercise to start with. Okay? okay. And if anybody's listening, they can do the same thing. But uh, I'm going to count. But before we start counting, I'm going to ask you how are you feeling right now. Oh, uh, I feel pretty normal. Okay, calm. But more good than bad, yeah. Okay, any stress about what we're doing here or anything like that? Um, no. <clears throat> okay. What I'd like you to do now just to start with is this, and this is something I discovered years ago, and, and I've read about it, but I, I'd like you to just try it. Would you just uh, tell me 10 things that you're grateful for? I'm thankful for... My children. Oh, name your children. Oh, okay. Eddie, Olive, Nash, and Scout. Okay. Now, we can take more time on it. You name them sure. rather quickly. But just think for a moment how, how much gratitude you have for Eddie. Oh, okay. I have a lot Feels pretty good. Now, Eddie. let's go to Olive. Okay. Okay. Mm-hmm. Feels pretty good. Mm-hmm. And then Nash. Mm-hmm. And then Scout. Mm-hmm. Okay. All right. Okay. That's four. Give me uh, six more things. Uh, Daniel, my husband. Okay. Um, my parents, Karen and Craig. Oh, wow. Thanks. That makes me feel good too, that you're yeah. good too, but that feels good. Um, my house. Your house. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What else? My boat. Your new belt. <laughs> boat. Oh, your boat. <laughs> <laughs> you, you do have a cool boat. <laughs> That's right. Okay. Now, how are you feeling right now? Well, I feel good. I feel a little embarrassed that I said boat on live <laughs> podcast because that's not like kosher and it's worldly, but it's true. It really, I'm when, really, really grateful. When for it. we it have gratitude, we can think both the red and the white. Okay. okay. 
now that you said those 10 things, mm-hmm. are you feeling any different right now than you did uh, 60 yeah. seconds ago? Uh-huh, I am. You're feeling something different? Yes. Okay. Well, that's what I'm going to tell about today. Um, a few years ago, uh, this kid, young man, uh, he's 32 years of age, he came to see me when he was about oh, 15 or 16, when he was in high school. His parents brought him in to see me, and uh, he'd been out smoking dope and drinking alcohol and hanging out with his friends and getting kicked out of high school and getting in trouble. Being a teenager. Being a teenager. He's doing his wild and crazy stuff. And uh, the parents thought, oh, no, we're going to lose him. Uh, he's he's leaving the gospel. He's leaving. He's going to drop out of school. Will you see him? So I started seeing him, and, and we talked about building self-esteem. We, I taught him how to do some hypnosis, how to go inside and meditate and and calm himself down instead of using medication to calm down, maybe just uh, do some deep trance or, or uh, relaxation or whatever. And anyway, I saw him for about seven or eight months on a weekly basis, and he ended up graduating from school and decided to, to go back to God and, and ended up going on a mission, went on his mission. Well, uh, he came home from his mission, and about six weeks after he's home, he <laughs> starts hanging out with his old thugs again and snorting cocaine and, oh, and uh, smoke, smoke, smoking dope. And <laughs> quite the change. Yeah. Well, a lot of kids dive right back into yeah. it. You know, I'm yeah. off my mission. I'm going to start partying again. Coke is... So, so, so he did. Well, he started with weed, and then he got into cocaine and everything. Else. Okay, okay. All right. And what he started doing, uh, he was running out of money. Uh, he lost several jobs, and uh, he lived at home, and he'd start taking things out of the house, of his parents' house. And uh, they'd come home and find stuff missing out of the garage, and and then uh, things out of the safe that he had. The dad was a hunter. There was a shotgun missing. There was a lawnmower missing. So, so they called me, and they said, well, what do we do? And I said, well, you know, you have to decide what you do. Um, but, you know, he's old enough. He can fend for himself now. He can step out on the street and take care of business. And they said, well, we, we, we don't want to lose him. It's, it's so hard out there, and the, the world is so cruel, and, and we want to save him. And I asked them, I said, well, now, you're religious people, yes, all very religious, and that's why it's so hurting us. And, and they told me the reason we want him to stay home is he's in such trouble out there in that wicked world, but if he can bring us home at least the, the few hours, the, the evening, the days that we can get him to stay in our home, he can still feel the spirit that's here uh-huh. and remind him of the sweetness that comes of this good home that we have. And I said, well, you're a religious uh, individual, a Christian. And I said, yes. And I said, well, let me ask you some questions about that. If I'm uh, snorting cocaine and doing crazy stuff, can I go home and live with God? Mm-mm. What's that? Nope. Nope. So eventually I can go home and live with him, right? Mm-hmm. What do I have to do? You got to clean up your act. Yeah. And I said, I think sometimes one of the biggest mistakes parents make raising their children is, yes, you can keep coming home and keep doing the crazy stuff and keep coming home and still do the crazy stuff. And says, we'll, we'll keep blessing you even though you're being an ass. Uh-huh. God says, no, God's never going to stop loving him. And I encourage them, don't ever stop loving him. But just because you love them doesn't mean you have to eat the vegetables. Uh-huh. Remember our first session? Uh-huh. But I can still love you. But if you come and live in our house, you got to follow our rules. Right. So they talked with each other and thought, well, that would be the best thing to do. So they told him they, he had to get out, uh-huh. and they threw him out. You can't live here anymore. 
You've stolen enough from us. You've told me you weren't going to do it anymore. You're still using. I'm so sorry. We still love you. We'll call you, take you lunch once in a while, you know, check up on you. I think they even paid the first three months of a rental apartment, oh. and then the rest was on his own, wow. which was very kind. Yeah. And then they hoped that he would change. Well, he didn't change so much. As a matter of fact, whenever they would go to St. George or any place for the weekend, they'd come home and their place had been broken into. So they called the police, and they had him arrested. Felt terrible. I can't believe oh, yeah, I'm arresting. Oh, that's arrested. a hard thing to can't, do. Can't believe I'm arresting my child. This is horrible. It would make us sick, wouldn't it, mm -hmm. if that happened? Well, they told him he can't come home anymore, <clears throat> and he finally got the message. And so he said, well, I'll show you. I'll abandon you. I'll punish you, and I'll never see you again. And a lot of young men, young women, in attempt to have the power back, know that they'll break their parent heart so they'll have the power back. But they stood tall and said, we still love you, but we're not succumbing to that either, mm -hmm. even. We're still going to love you. They did tell him, we're not paying for anything. But if you go see that nut Craig that we, we saw, you know, years ago, uh, we'll pay if you go back and see him. So about a year later, he shows up in my office and says, all I got to see you, man. I said, okay. So he'd sit down and we'd visit for maybe a couple of sessions and then he'd disappear again. Mm -hmm. And this went on literally for the next 10 years. And then he shows up again and I hadn't seen him now for a couple of years. And he, and he comes in and he says, Berthold, I'm dying, man. I'm dying. I'm dying. I said, what's up? He said, oh, I'm coming off a of heroin finally, man. 10 years. I'm just all strung out, man, but I got to clean up this time, man. I've been through everything and I can't seem to clean it up. You got to help me, man. I said, well, do what I can. He said, well, right now, man, I'm, I, I'm here. I said, yeah, about a half hour late. He said, I know, but I, I would have made it even later, but, but I got a splitting headache and I'm, I'm dying ahead. My head is blowing up, man. It's screaming. And when he came in, he said, can you, can you turn off the lights in the office? So it's, it's too bright. And, and please don't talk too loud and, and close the blinds so too much because it just hurts my head. When you come off of heroin, my, my, my brain is screaming, I need heroin, man. I need something. I need this. And that's what brought me in to see. I need uh -huh. you, Berthold. Come on, man. I said, okay, well, let's, uh, well, let's throw a little white at it. He says, Berthold, you and your blankety blank white, that doesn't work for crap. <laughs> He says, just hypnotize me, man, so I can, I can get away from the pain, man. I learned how to get away from the headaches back then. So just do some hypnosis, man. I said, we don't have time really to get into deep trance. I mean, we could try that, but let's throw, throw some white at it. He said, oh, man, Berthold, your white stuff, man. I don't think it works, man. I, I, look at where the trouble I'm in now. And I said, well, tell me 10 things you're grateful for. Said, what are you talking about? I said, tell me 10 things that you truly are grateful for. Oh, man. Uh, I said, you, you did go on a, a Mormon mission. Yeah. Well, so if you're okay with this, start with Father in Heaven. I'm grateful for. Oh, man, Berthold. I said, just try it. He says, okay. All right, Berthold. Uh, oh, man, I'm dying here. I'm grateful. Father in Heaven, I'm grateful for, uh, I don't know, uh, stop signs. Stop signs, man. Yeah, I was on my way. I was late here. <laughs> and I'm always late for everything. But the, the police know me now, and they see me around me. They know me. And so I was coming into town, and, and as I came in, there was a stop sign. I, you know, I, I don't stop. So I was going to go right through it. I decided I better stop because the cops are going to pick me up. I stopped. A big old diesel truck went flying by. Would have killed me, man. Yeah, I'm, I'm thankful for that, that stop sign, man. It's, I, oh, cool. What else? Oh, man, Berthold. Uh, oh, I don't know. Uh, oh, I know what. Yeah, I'm really thankful for this one. My old lady, she's in jail. My girlfriend. The girl we're going to get married, she's in jail, man. She's in for 18 months. 
and she's not coming out for 18 months, man. And, and she, now she has to clean up and she loves to get high, man. We've been getting high for years, man. We just, but she's going to get, and, and I'm trying to get free. So she's in jail. I'm grateful, man, that, that she's in jail. I think that's a good thing for her because now we're going to clean up and we're going to try to get out of this. Oh, wonderful. What else? Oh, Berthold. Oh. Kodachrome sky this morning, man. Did you see the sky? <laughs> I said I did. Yeah. He I said, the white, know the blue that sky. you are putting the words Kodachrome in there. <laughs> he said it. That's what he said. <laughs> you must have taught him that word. word. Well, I, maybe I did when he was 16, but Kodachrome sky, man, that blue and the billowing clouds. I said, you know, then the wind was blowing. They had big, and it what was are downright they? balmy. Cumulus nimbus. <laughs> Okay, she's explained it this to me. I said, yeah, I saw the day too. What else? Oh, man. Oh, my parents haven't let me stay in their house almost 12 years. I'm staying with them. They say I'm really serious there. I'm living in their house, man. Yeah, I'm grateful for my mom that she's letting me stay there. Mm -hmm. Wow. What else? Oh, man. I. Oh, I'm thankful for you, Bertha. Yeah, thanks, man. I said, wow. <laughs> thanks, dude. Appreciate it. That's nice. What else? Oh, man. Oh, we had a neighbor. We lived by where I was growing up when I was a kid. He, he was involved in my church thing and everything. And he's got a job for me. I start next Wednesday, man. I mean, it's only 10 bucks an hour, but it's a job. I haven't worked in years, man. But I got a job. I start next Wednesday, man. Yeah. Yeah. What else? Berthold, you son of a... And called me. <laughs> you know, we, we, we're loving like that. I said, what's up? He says... The headache went away. I said, it did? He said, it did. No, I don't know why it did. I don't know. I have no idea why it went away. We finished. He left all weekend. I'm thinking, why did his headache go away? Well, when his cells are screaming, I need, I need, I need heroin. The cells are screaming, I need. How many people when they're in a deep, heavy depression? I have no one. I'm so alone. I need. What if you said, I'm thankful for the blue sky? Remember Viktor Frankl in Auschwitz? They can do what they will to me physically, but I saw the blue sky and I said, I can be happy because mm -hmm. there's blue sky. So I started asking people, about this simple idea. When you're feeling empty, I need, have you ever thought about taking a few minutes? It took you what? 60 seconds to tell me 10 mm -hmm. things? Yeah. He took probably five minutes because he had to think about it. Mm -hmm. But the headache went away. How often do we on a daily basis say, I'm grateful for, I'm thankful for this. Is it possible when you're grateful for something neurologically, when Scout runs up to you and says, Mama, I love you, does that feel like it puts something nice into your neurological mm -hmm. system? Yes. And a moment ago, when you just thought about how grateful you are for him, did that do something inside that same neurological system? Mm-hmm. Is that a an effective way of loading stacked anchors of gratitude to load the neurological system of emptiness? Yes. What about being grateful for socks? Yeah. 
the beautiful sky, mm -hmm. the flower by mom's window, mm -hmm. your wife, your child. How many of us, when we're really aching, I need, will go, then let me take a pill. Uh -huh. Let me get high. Yeah, well, get, it's easier. It's easier that way than to have to do the work inside and look at yourself. It's And it's easier to say, I need, I mean, even little things. Uh, I need to go shopping. I need to go buy something. That'll make me feel better. Yeah. Oh, I'll go grab something to eat. I love, oh, this is my favorite food or this is my favorite drink. And this, and it uh, can help a little bit, but I think it's like fleeting. It, 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 it masks it, it. It doesn't really it, help. It, it is fleeting and you, you're right. But there are two things in the universe that stimulate all five senses at the same time. You hear, you see, you smell, you taste, and you feel. What are those two things? I don't know. Intimacy, physical intimacy oh, okay. and food. Oh, okay. They really load the emptiness. Yeah. So we seek that out. But what would happen if every day you had a moment of gratitude? Three times a day, a minute each time. Mm -hmm. Do you understand and hear the kind of neural pathway, the deer trail in the forest that could possibly create of I'm grateful for this? What we talked about a couple of weeks ago, loving. Do you remember when I said, I'd like you to love somebody mm -hmm. for a few seconds. Mm -hmm. How did you feel afterwards? Good. So can we actually stack up anchors of love, stack anchors of gratitude? What we talked about, I'd like you to just say this out loud. Your husband is Danny. I'd like you to just say, Dan, I love you. Dan, I love you. Do you say that very often? Mm, yeah. Good. Yeah. Does he say it to you? Uh-huh. Good. Is it good for him or you that you say it? Both. It is. But the more times you say, I love you, Scout. I love you, Dad. I love you, Mom. Do you hear the neural pathway of love that you're creating neurologically? Mm -hmm. So when you love someone, I saw a young man who is all alone and feels like I can't go on. I'm alone. And he's seeking, I have no one to love me. Mm -hmm. And a lot of people come to see me. I don't feel loved by anybody. And I tell them, I want you to just start loving somebody that way. But what we usually do is if I love them, then they'll love me. But I love them and they don't love me back. Because we think in loving them, we need to look for the reward of their loving coming back. Mm -hmm. Instead of recognizing just loving somebody else loads you, loads us, loads the individual saying the words. The more you discuss or say to people, I love you, could that possibly be stacking up neural pathways deeper of love, which is the greatest commandment? Mm -hmm. So what I'm saying to you today, just like in love, what would happen if several times a day you just thought about the things that you're grateful for? Could that possibly help fill the emptiness that you're feeling? I'm miserable. I need to go buy something. I need to get to the store and go do something. Okay, you can do that. But what would happen if you just sit down for a couple of minutes and be grateful for the carpet? Right. <laughs> for yeah. the floor. For the spoon. Mm -hmm. For the stop sign. For the blue sky. It's kind of like fake it till you make it. 
you're sitting there thinking, oh, I don't feel good. Okay, what do I see? Ah, I see my Diet Coke. I am so thankful. You can for call this. it fake it. <laughs> uh, so you make it. And then I am I really okay? Let me just sit here for a minute and sit in this and think about it or whatever it may be. Maybe it is a person because I think it is hard to love someone without expecting anything in return. That's hard. So until I would, you understand, I would it. be faking that. But if you understand it that that's true, I'm just going to love that person, whether they love me back and truly love somebody. Next time you go to the grocery store and the clerk at the store isn't nice and you just say, I'm going to love her. Mm-hmm. Do it right yeah, now. Pitch yourself think... loving the clerk. Okay. How you feeling? Good. Oh, wait, you're not going to walk out. Well, she didn't love me back. That's what we usually do because most of her raised, as we've talked about from day one, dependency. This is emotional independence. Now, a lot of people say, well, uh, Craig, you're saying you, you you can live without people. No, you need to have people, but how do you get to people? You love them. Maybe all of them won't love you back. But if you start loving them, you will feel better about loving. And when you present yourself, I love me and I love you, how do people start responding back to me? Yeah. They, this is this is the big thing in salesmanship. Now. Yeah, in mirroring. What, salesmen now are trained people, love your customers. Guess what happens? Don't fake it. Just really feel, have feelings for them and care for the people. And all of a sudden, sales and everything go skyrocket. What, what is this? Now, whether it's love or whether it's gratitude, I believe it literally creates neural pathways in your brain that, make, that bring joy. And it's you by loving somebody. It, it creates neural pathways of loving, of, of the emptiness that you may feel when you have blessings of, of gratitude. Uh, there's a song. You, you know it. How's it go? Uh, when upon life's billows you're a tempest tossed, count your many blessings, you'll see that all's not lost. Is, is something oh, like that? count your blessings. Uh, sing yeah. it to me. How's it go? Oh, you sing it great. <laughs> okay. Count your blessings, name them one by one. Count your blessings. See what God has done. Yeah. Uh-huh. And that repeats is that, that is that a song that you heard at church? Uh-huh. Is that also neuroplasticity? Mm-hmm. So the neuroplasticity that's telling us this week, just Google the health benefits of gratitude. Watch and see what it does neurologically. Well, and it is the same as saying a prayer. However, I feel like prayers a lot of times become routine and I'm not in like a great habit of saying prayers, but but it, I like having it be something different where it's like three times a day, I'm going to do this. And basically it is a meditation. It is sort of a prayer. If you start it with father in heaven, yep. I'm thankful for, but I like the idea of practicing that um, separate to saying. A prayer. I agree on both sides that whether you change it or take a moment and think about it and it embeds it deeper into you neurologically and the emptiness Mm-hmm. will dissipate. And then one other part, and we'll talk about this already, the red and white. The red is lost very easy. Cars get dented, clothes wear out. But the white stuff seems to embed it even deeper into us neurologically. And that's what I wanted to tell you today yeah. about. Well, I remember we went through a time when my husband was unemployed and it was at the time that the market crashed and we were like, you know, okay, I guess we're going to move. We we were upside down in our house and he was going through a really hard time. And I think this is about the same time when you kind of started on this gratitude kick because 
you gave him those tools, just saying, name 10 things you're thankful for. And he immediately felt weight lifted. And still to this day, when he drives to work, he talks about the 10 things he's thankful for, just to help create a good, happy start to your day. He's out of that, you know, he was in a pretty, I don't know if I would say the word dark, but just not an easy place to be living. I have nothing. I have no work. How am I going to support my family? Yeah. (gasps) Yeah. That's a real dream. I need, I need. Yeah. And it's created a good base for him to just feel good as he starts his day. When all of the religions, whatever religion you are, talks about serving, gratitude, those kinds of things, is God telling us, you better serve people or you're going to be damned? Or is he saying, I'm telling you to serve people because it's good for you. Mm-hmm. <laughs> when he says, have gratitude, you better show gratitude for everything I've given you, by golly. No, he says, you know, when you have gratitude, it'll load you. Mm-hmm. And the more you have gratitude, the more that will come at you. Mm-hmm. I have a neighbor across the street, but he always used to say, the more you give, the more you get. It's Jay. Yeah. Jay's, Jay will be cool with us talking yeah, about okay. him. He told me that tw- 20 years ago. The more you give, the more you get. And he's been yeah. the most giving guy you'll ever know. I know. Look, your eyes are watering. We yeah. love you, Jay. You're a great yeah, guy. Um, um, so at that same time, when Danny was unemployed and we were miserable, um, we actually moved to California and then we came back here and lived with you guys. And it was like, really, really hard for me. Um. Because you and mom had to share a kitchen together. I remember that. (laughs) I just, yeah, I'm just independent, I guess. I don't know. We ended up finding a place through your friend had an apartment, a house in Provo that she was going to let us live in that was really affordable. And uh, my husband was working in Springville at the time and we, I was pregnant. So we had two babies and one on the way and we were in a two bedroom upstairs house and people lived downstairs and it was very different than what I was used to not, you know, sharing my space and being crammed into having three kids in one bedroom. And I was really miserable because, well, a lot of things. We had a lot of things change. Finances had changed, sold our house, moved. I think we moved like six times in that year. And when we got to Provo and I just thought like, seriously, this this is my life right now. I just was really unhappy, but there were things to be happy about. And I just remember going to church and thinking, okay, I have got to make the best of this. I am going to go crazy. I'm going to have postpartum. I'm going to just, I could sulk and sit home and think about all the things we don't have, or I can immerse myself in service And I just decided that I was going to sign up for everything, every little clipboard that was passed around. Can you bring a dinner or can you help out with this move? I just decided, yeah, I'm going to sign up for every single thing. And I wasn't working at the time, so I was able to do these little acts of service with my kids at home. 
And I can tell you that was the happiest time I've ever had in my entire life. When I had no money, shared a house, had my three kids in one bedroom. You know, you think about all the things that people want in life to make themselves happy, which are typically material things if I make this certain amount of money. Um, But we had nothing. I trying to think if I even had a car. But when I look back and think about like the past, I don't know, I've been married about 20 years. And I think about the our marriage and when I've been the happiest. And that was probably it, the happiest time. And it was because I decided to forget myself. And what is it you find yourself when you lose yourself in the service of others or something like that. And it worked. So the more we love, the more we serve, the more we have gratitude, the more we go out of our way to serve and and just love people. Mm-hmm. When you see them driving by, you just have feelings of love for them as they drive by. Yeah. And whether it's good for them or not, which I think it is, it's good for me. Mm-hmm. And same thing with gratitude and service. All right. Well, thank you, Dad. That was fabulous. Thanks for listening, guys. We'll see you next week. We're going to have uh, Rachel talking on eating disorders so that would be interesting and hopefully helpful to a lot of people out there wonderful